I'm Bonnie Lin, Director of the China Power Project and Senior Fellow for Asian Security at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In this episode of the China Power Podcast, we're discussing TikTok. Controversy over the platform has embroiled Washington, especially after their CEO testified before Congress. What are the concerns from U.S. lawmakers about the app, and what does this mean for U.S.-China technology competition? Here to discuss this and more is Caitlin Chin, fellow with the Strategic Technologies Program at CSIS. Ms. Chin previously worked as a research analyst at the Brookings Institution, where her projects centered around U.S. federal and state legislation related to information privacy, antitrust, and algorithmic bias. She has spoken on C-SPAN. NPR and France 24, and her work has been cited by the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the Future of Privacy Forum. Ms. Chen has a BA in government and Spanish from the University of Maryland, and an MPP from Georgetown University School of Public Policy. Caitlin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Bonnie. So the topic of today's discussion is U.S. technology competition, and specifically, why do we care so much about TikTok? So maybe to get us started, can you bring us up to speed on the current debate about TikTok? What are the main concerns surrounding the platform? Why do some people oppose the ban? Why do others really believe that TikTok is such a threat to the United States? Yeah, and I'll start off by saying I think that there is a lot of confusion about you know what specifically is the nature of the threat. Just because there's no single consensus in Washington on what exactly is the scope of this TikTok threat, and is it also specific and significant enough to warrant either a ban or a divestiture? So on one hand, lawmakers who are calling for TikTok to either be banned or sold to a U.S. company mostly cite national security concerns. They say that since TikTok is a mobile app that collects personal information from potentially 100 million Americans. That there are privacy concerns because TikTok's parent company ByteDance is based in China. So even though many mobile apps in the United States, including many of TikTok's competitors like Facebook or YouTube or Snapchat, might collect similar types of personal information, they say that TikTok is different because the Chinese government could potentially compel TikTok to hand over personal information under. Chinese surveillance laws, or they say that the Chinese government could potentially even control TikTok's algorithm to target propaganda or otherwise identify specific users. Now, we have not seen specific public evidence that TikTok has either handed over personal information or control of its algorithm to the Chinese government so far. So, a lot of the concerns center around risk. What could potentially happen in the future, and that does make this debate a little bit more complicated, a little bit more in the gray area, just because we're talking about hypothetical risk and not actual examples of what we've seen happen in the past. So, when you talk about the risk, as you mentioned, the hypothetical risk, could you share a little bit about the current demographics in the United States? Of you mentioned, hundred million U.S. individuals use TikTok. Are they mainly younger generation? Do you have a sense of the demographics? So historically, most TikTok users have been younger, between the ages of 18 and 35. And I'll actually add that TikTok is relatively new on the scene. It became popular in the United States, actually in part due to the COVID-19 pandemic. 
when many Americans turned to social media and the internet when we weren't allowed to go outside. And during the pandemic, trends like TikTok dances became viral or TikTok unboxing videos or fashion videos. Initially, the majority of TikTok users did tend to trend younger Over the past few years, TikTok has gotten increasingly popular in the United States. So it's not just younger people who are using TikTok. It's also uh, many Americans all over the country. According to TikTok's latest numbers, TikTok has announced that up to 150 million Americans may use TikTok on a regular basis. So if, if those numbers are correct, that would be about half of the U.S. population. And You were referencing also other platforms such as YouTube, Snapchat, and others. So does TikTok actually collect more information than these other platforms? Or is it, as you mentioned, that the information that's collected by TikTok, you're more worried about how they will be used, not that TikTok is actually collecting more? Right. And I'll start by saying TikTok does collect an enormous scope of personal information. So this may include information that users know that they're providing to the platform. For example, in order to sign up for a TikTok account, users might provide details like their email address or their names or their phone numbers. And users may also knowingly and voluntarily upload photos or videos, for example, to their TikTok accounts. But it's also possible for TikTok to collect personal information that users might not know that they're giving up. For example, their geolocation history, perhaps biometrics like their face prints or their voice prints when they create videos. This could also include information about their mobile device or about other apps on their device, like their calendar app or their contacts app. So this is, I would say, a pretty detailed scope of personal information. This could reveal details such as who a person contacts, what a person's interests are, um, where a person goes on a daily basis. Now, all of this information is very private, but the thing is, TikTok is probably is not the only app that collects this information. And I would also add that TikTok is probably more of the norm than the exception. In the United States, we have very, very outdated privacy laws. And as a result, numerous mobile apps have actually built their business models around collecting very, I mean, massive detailed scopes of personal information, and then in turn monetizing that information to sell advertisements or to share this information with data brokers. So even though TikTok collects a lot of personal information, it is not alone. It actually, many, many mobile apps in the United States also pose very similar privacy concerns and collect similar types of information to TikTok. So I want to go back to um, another part of the initial question, which is, so you've highlighted why some folks are quite concerned. I guess probably not some folks. I would say probably most of Congress uh, and a good portion probably of the administration are concerned about TikTok. And many of those, as you mentioned, are from taking a more national security perspective. So if you were to look at the opposite side, what are the arguments that folks have made of why we shouldn't ban TikTok? Is it because perhaps as you just alluded to, it's not about TikTok, it's about the United States needs to update our privacy laws on the whole. What are some of the arguments people are making of why we should take specific action against TikTok? Well, I would first say that that um, privacy argument is a big one. And actually, very interestingly, many privacy experts, many cybersecurity experts have actually opposed a ban because they said it simply would not be effective. Even if TikTok were to be sold to a U.S. company or if TikTok were to be banned in the United States altogether, I mean, realistically, it would not meaningfully improve people's privacy if thousands of other mobile apps are also collecting the same types of personal information 
information and face very few legal limitations on either selling it or transferring it abroad. But I, I would say the opposition to a TikTok ban is more than that. And first of all, one of the biggest barriers to actually banning TikTok is the First Amendment. First of all, it is very, very unprecedented, I would say, for the U.S. government to move to ban an app of this size. Up to 150 million Americans use TikTok as a form of, mostly as a form of creative expression or free speech. People use TikTok, I mean, not only to post creative videos or to share music or art or dancing, but also as a form of political expression, as a form of organizing, or even for some people as as a as a career. Um, I mean there are plenty of people who have built very who have created brand sponsorships or have built marketing careers around TikTok. So it, TikTok has actually created a very interesting, I would say even even a form of culture over the past couple of years. Um, it's, there's a very interesting like niche TikTok culture. And the concern is that banning TikTok could also amount to a ban on free speech or free expression of a platform that so many Americans use. And the reality is that, is that most governments that have attempted to actually wholesale banned apps in the past have done so as a censorship tool. Um, China itself has banned U.S. companies like Twitter or Google or Facebook from operating within um, its borders. And if the United States bans TikTok, it would be taking steps, very unprecedented steps, I would add, towards wholesale banning apps based on its country of origin. Thank you. So in some ways, you're, you're saying that if we were to ban TikTok, we would not be too different from China in terms of its own set of, of its censorship of its own people. It's definitely a consideration. Of course, comparing China and the United States is like comparing apples to oranges. But at the same time, I mean, the United States has criticized China in the past for its great firewall. And I do think that banning TikTok would put the United States in a weaker position in the future to argue against things like internet censorship or data localization if it takes steps towards these trends itself. Can I follow up on what you mentioned in terms of other companies that are currently, due to our outdated privacy laws, selling information that they collect from users. And you mentioned that currently a number of these companies also sell the information abroad. So are there any limitations, for example, of information that whether it's Snapchat or Facebook collects of its users and selling that abroad? Are there any limitations on them or is it sort of free reign? I'm trying to understand what's the difference in terms of a Chinese parent company controlling the information potentially and then using it as they will versus a U.S. company willingly selling that data abroad. Right. Historically, U.S. companies have faced very few limitations on transferring personal information abroad. And I would also add that U.S. technology companies are notorious for their data collection practices. Our privacy laws are very, very fragmented and outdated. So we have laws that are sector specific. For example, we have laws that govern how medical providers or health insurance companies protect personal information related to their patients. But those same laws do not apply, for example, to a mobile app that wants to process personal information related to health data. We have laws that 
governed how universities protect student educational records. But those same laws do not apply to an advertiser that wants to target advertisements to high school students or advertisements for for for-profit colleges, for example. So to answer your question, it's a very, very under-regulated ecosystem. And in fact, there are there's an entire industry called the data brokerage industry that essentially operates around collecting and selling personal information, including to government agencies, both in the United States and abroad. And of course, that creates a significant amount of privacy, civil liberties, and national security concerns. I mean, we've seen examples of even U.S. government agencies purchasing information from data brokers without a warrant from millions of Americans, which have been used, for example, to enact deportations. Even abroad, there are very, very few restrictions on how data brokers operate. So data brokers can sell personal information either directly to foreign government agencies or to foreign companies who in turn can transfer that personal information to government agencies. There has been some attention to data privacy in the United States, but so far Congress has not passed comprehensive laws that limit how private technology companies in general operate. So just to understand, so if companies are selling personal information, so say, Caitlin, you have, I don't know, a Snapchat account, And then, you know, there's all these other characteristics of you that Snapchat is collecting. So when they sell that information, does it say like Caitlyn Chin and then associate your name with all these other information? Or do certain types of information get filtered or blacked out such that they can see like, you know, maybe it's a a female Asian American that has these other characteristics? I'm just trying to understand like what the difference is between companies that can sell this information and the types of information that could be available that way versus if the Chinese government had full control over TikTok and the the full range of information that they could get versus what, what other companies are already selling on the market. So to your question, I will say it depends on the company. And we have seen examples of mobile apps selling personal information that could be directly tied to somebody's phone number or email address. Um, and then in turn, it's very easy to identify that person. Many mobile apps do share personal information with data brokers who will then in turn sell information in aggregate. So for example, they'll combine and pull information from many different sources into one large data set, which they say is anonymized. But there have been plenty of studies that show that even anonymized personal information can pose privacy concerns or can otherwise identify somebody. For example, if a data broker sells a geolocation data set with millions, if not billions of data points, from using the patterns of these geolocation data points, you can identify specific people. For example, by monitoring where a single data point you know, stops for the night at certain times, you can guess or estimate where a person lives. Or from a person's patterns, you can estimate where somebody goes to work or somebody goes to school. In fact, there have been studies that show that a person can be re-identified using just four an- anonymized data points pulled from many different sources, which is pretty scary. A couple years ago, the New York Times acquired a an anonymized data set and actually was very easily able to identify using geolocation points 
the identities and the patterns of several high-profile national security officials and congressional staffers. So even anonymized data points can pose security risks, but it's not just anonymized data because data brokers can sell personal information, including contact information or demographic information that can potentially directly reveal somebody's identity. It is it is very, very hard to know, though, just because there are so many different data brokers and the industry in general is very non-transparent. In general, data brokers will not reveal which specific entities or corporations or governments they might share personal information with. And some data brokers only share personal information with government agencies. So that means if you're a public interest researcher or if you're a plaintiff or if you're an individual who might be affected, it's very, very hard to know exactly which data brokers might have access to your personal information, who they share it with, but also what they do with it. That really makes it quite concerning what is already happening right now, regardless of what, how we deal with the TikTok issue. Going back to TikTok, I'm just trying to understand, is there another concern that if TikTok is controlled by the CCP, that the app could be used to access other types of information that the user does not allow or does not give explicit permission to do? There are concerns that if the CCP is able to access TikTok's user data, it could potentially access non-public personal information or information that users might not necessarily know is being collected. And now TikTok has claimed that the CCP has never asked for user personal information and that even if it did, it would not comply. However, it's there is a general lack of trust, I would say, between not only TikTok and the U.S. government, but the United States and China in general which has made it hard for many lawmakers to trust these promises. Now, TikTok has responded with something called Project Texas, which is a plan to essentially store all Americans' personal information within the United States. And TikTok has said that it plans to complete Project Texas by the end of this year. It's not quite clear whether Project Texas will actually prevent the CCP from accessing personal information if if it wishes to, including information, like you said, that users might not necessarily know would be collected, just because there is a general lack of trust between TikTok and the U.S. government. So, So if Project Texas were to truly wall off information between the United States and China, it would also need to come with some pretty strong transparency and accountability measures, including potential audits by third parties or even the U.S. government. Speaking of the lack of trust, I want to get your thoughts on how you thought TikTok CEO's testimony before Congress went. What did you see as the biggest takeaways from his testimony? And do you think his testimony impacted at all how Congress views the app? The hearing was pretty brutal, Bonnie. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look. It was a five-hour hearing, and I don't believe that... Shozi Chu's testimony influenced lawmakers' minds at all. In fact, I think that lawmakers came into the hearing believing what they believe. And I don't think, I, I, I honestly think that there is very little that Shozi Chu could have said to actually influence their opinions. I mean, right from the beginning, Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers, who is the chair of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, said in her opening remarks, 
you know, I believe that TikTok should be banned. And throughout the hearing, there is this interesting combination of lawmakers asking Shozi two questions, but then either interrupting or not giving him the chance to respond or Shozi Chu avoiding the questions or perhaps not telling lawmakers what they wanted to hear. So it was not a hearing, I would say, that um, <laughs> that really revealed too much new information for us as TikTok watchers and commentators. But it did, if anything, I believe it showed just how, I would say just how strong attitudes in Washington are towards TikTok. It really demonstrated that politicians are on both sides of the aisle are concerned not only about TikTok, but also about Chinese government surveillance in general. Thank you. I want to broaden this discussion a little bit to look beyond just how the United States is responding to TikTok. Are you tracking any other countries that have banned or discussing a ban on TikTok? How did that impact how citizens in that country have been able to use or access TikTok? And how did China respond? If I recall correctly, India has banned TikTok, right? Yes. So India banned TikTok in 2020, along with several other Chinese apps. And what we essentially saw was that, I mean, the major beneficiaries were other social media apps operating in India, who then gained more user screen time and user engagement and advertising dollars. I don't think it actually significantly increased the privacy of individuals in India, Especially since I would also add that the TikTok ban in India is part of a broader trend towards state localization in the country, where the government wants to wall off foreign government access to personal information by storing it locally. But in reality, that could actually just increase domestic government access to personal information and pose other privacy concerns. But India is not the only government that's interested in banning TikTok. Like you said, in the past few months, we've actually seen this domino effect of countries following the United States and banning TikTok, at least on government devices. In addition to the US, Canada, the UK, the EU, Taiwan, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, among others, have banned TikTok on government-issued devices. And this is really interesting. I mean, because the United States has been pursuing some sort of TikTok ban or at least mitigation measure since 2020, back when Donald Trump first issued an executive order to ban TikTok and WeChat. And at the time, other governments did not follow suit. But in the past few months, we've seen major developments, not only in the United States, but also around the world. I would say, though, that it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if other governments only focus in on TikTok or if they will look towards other apps as well. When France banned TikTok and government devices recently, it also included U.S. apps like Twitter and Netflix to that list. And I, I do think it's interesting to note that other countries aren't only concerned about Chinese government surveillance. They have raised a lot of concerns about data privacy in the United States as well. I mean, the United States has... The U.S. tech companies are among the most underregulated in the world. There have been a lot of concerns about how the U.S. government accesses that personal information as well. So I do think that as the United States raises concerns over Chinese government surveillance, it's also really interesting to see how other countries respond not only to those concerns, but to U.S. privacy practices as well. 
And in each of these cases, and with one of our close allies or partners ban TikTok on government devices, have you seen any clear Chinese reaction? So, for example, have you seen China ban or take actions on the technology side specifically against, you know, Canada, UK, Japan, New Zealand, or any of these other countries? It's definitely possible that in the future we could see China retaliate against TikTok bans. Um, so far, so far we have not really seen much action. But then again, it's only been a few months. We do know that if the United States goes ahead with a forced divestiture of TikTok, I, I honestly think that it would be very hard just because Chinese export control laws do require the government to approve the sale of certain technologies, which could include TikTok's content recommendation algorithm. I think it's unlikely that the Chinese government would just go along with that. And in the future, I mean, it is possible that if things with TikTok continue to escalate, for example, if more countries move to ban TikTok across the entire population, not just on government-issued devices, it's possible that we might see more actions from China. I will also say, though, that banning TikTok on government-issued devices, which is the move that most countries have made so far, in reality, does not impact a an enormous amount of people for a couple of reasons. First of all, I, I mean, most government employees don't have personal apps or personal accounts on their work devices anyways. So it actually does not affect a large number of individuals, especially since most TikTok users are still under the ages of 18 to 35 around the world. And the majority of government employees do tend to be a little bit older. So so government employees are not the main demographic of TikTok users. So a TikTok ban on government-issued devices is a much more narrow ban than a TikTok ban across the entire population, and each brings up a different set of considerations. I guess what I would add to that is like, that's the current generation of TikTok users, right? This generation is growing up in like 10 or 20 years, you'll have perhaps it would be 55 years younger. So if we look at it the longer term, it's possible that right now, maybe we're less worried about what TikTok is doing, collecting among the younger generation. But 10 or 15 years from now, maybe they're collecting information of your, you know, your next national security advisor, our next secretary of defense, right? So a longer term, as this information becomes more aggregate and more complete over time, it could be more of a challenge than what we see right now. It could be more of a challenge, but I think it's also going to be more of a challenge for many reasons, not just the demographic of TikTok users. I mean, in the past, even in the past decade or so, we've seen just the number of companies that collect information just drastically increase. And it's not just the number of companies, but it's also the type of information, the scope of data points, and the potential algorithmic inferences that can be drawn from that data. The ecosystem has just become so complex and so much harder to control. I mean, in 2023, almost every company operates a website and collects information from Americans. And I think that if China were to retaliate, it could also depend on what governments do next after banning TikTok, because I think it's very unlikely that governments would stop just at TikTok, especially since, like we mentioned, so many other websites and so many other companies are collecting personal information. So if TikTok were to be banned, I think that 
potential next targets could be, for example, WeChat or even Shein. Shein is a fashion company based in China that has become very popular in the United States, especially among younger people. And even though it's not a traditional technology company, it still collects a lot of personal information to target advertisements, to ship clothing, um, to recommend products. So it'll be, I think, the next steps that both the United States and China take after TikTok could potentially have longer term implications. Yeah, can I follow up on that? So you mentioned a couple of things that could be sort of on the chopping board next from the U.S. perspective if TikTok uh, were to be banned. And can I ask, uh, as we're talking about these various platforms, I know the argument that you mentioned of why people support not opposing TikTok is freedom of expression. Also, that even if we banned it, it might not be effective in preventing other privacy issues or other sharing of information that could allow individuals to be identified. But as you look at this broader trend of U.S.-China competition on the technology side, what do you see sort of as next, right? So so if we do ban TikTok, we do ban some of these apps, where, where do you see this overall direction going? I mean, I guess it's going to depend. I really... I really think that whatever step the administration takes with TikTok, whether to attempt to ban it or divest it or impose broader regulations across the entire ecosystem, I do think that this could set a longer term precedent. I mean, if this TikTok situation escalates, so say the United States bans TikTok and then also moves to ban other Chinese or other non-U.S. companies and say China does the same and bans more U.S. companies and then say other governments like the EU or Japan or the U.K. also in turn move towards state localization. I mean, I, I think I, I think this could escalate very quickly and I think that could contribute to a more walled off Internet where cross-border data flows are more limited, where countries try to control which companies are importing or exporting personal information and also which apps could potentially operate domestically. I mean, in reality, the internet just isn't meant to operate like that. In 2023, so many companies depend on cross-border data flows. So many companies operate across borders and depend on open communications and access to personal information. I do think it's possible for more and more countries to lean towards banning apps or banning companies, but this could have longer term implications for just the free and open internet in general. Excuse me if I'm asking a more basic question. I'm not a TikTok user, so I'm not, I guess, that familiar. I understand the value of a free and open internet, but to be honest, what what are we losing if we ban TikTok? Like, is it we don't have some really cool videos, but what exactly, I guess, are we losing? I know you mentioned free and open internet, but I guess... What specifically is that? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So I think this is a really important question to ask. Like say if TikTok were banned tomorrow, what would happen? Well, I think in the short term, the people who are going to be most affected aren't this, it's not the Chinese government that will be affected the most. The people who will be affected the most in the short term are, for example, influencers or people with brand sponsorships or musicians or artists that use TikTok to, as a platform um, to share the content or share music. Actually, last year I was in Tennessee and I remember going to this cute little music venue um, where local artists were playing guitar and singing. And one artist said, you know, I posted this song that I wrote on TikTok and it changed 
changed my life. It got 2 million views. Somebody reached out to me to talk about producing it. So I do think that banning TikTok in the short term would have the biggest effect on American influencers or American content creators that use the internet to share their platforms. But it's not just people who use TikTok as a platform to share content or people who use TikTok as a potential career. I mean, in in general, I mean, society has really shifted online, especially after the pandemic. I mean, so many Americans these days use the internet as a form of communications. And it's just not really realistic to set this precedent of just like blocking mobile apps that collect and monetize personal information, just because I mean, in 2023, we can't really just opt out of the internet while still participating in work or school or social activities. So I think that to your question, if TikTok were to be banned, what are we really losing? I think we do risk setting this precedent where, I mean, if the government is able to just ban platforms that people use, it could prevent people from participating in society or participating in functions that really just have shifted online in in recent years, especially after the pandemic. And hypothetically, if we were to ban TikTok, I don't think that rules out the possibility of other alternative communication platforms like TikTok emerging, right? That could be US-based or US-run that could have very similar features, but what is it TikTok? It's not like if you ban a particular app, there's not going to be similar apps that arise. But what do you think about that argument? Yeah, it, I mean, even looking back to the India TikTok ban back in 2020, when TikTok was banned, we saw more people flock to other social media apps in India. And I think it's definitely possible for the same to happen in the United States. If TikTok were to be banned, I think the biggest beneficiaries would actually be its US competitors. So Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, which is owned by Google, potentially platforms like Snapchat or other smaller social media platforms. But I would say this, first of all, all of those platforms have had significant privacy problems as well. Many of those platforms are based in the United States, but have also experienced privacy scandals in recent years. You may recall Mark Zuckerberg actually being called before Congress back in 2018 after the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal. And Congress has not updated privacy laws since that happened. And the U.S. social media market is actually one of the most concentrated sectors in the United States. For a very long time, Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, has been the dominant platform in the market. When TikTok broke into the social media market back in 2018 or 2019, that was actually very unusual for a social media company to do so. Just because social media is a sector that is so reliant on network effects, the value of a platform goes up with its number of users. Of course, you know, if none of your friends are on I don't know if none of your friends are on Beat Real or Vine, you're not going to want to use it, right? So it's very, very hard for new social media companies to enter the market. If TikTok disappears, I think it would reinforce or entrench the the existing tech giants like Meta or YouTube that are already in the market and that also experience privacy scandals. It could potentially give them less of an incentive to compete with TikTok. We've actually seen, I mean, Meta become very complacent in recent years. It hadn't significantly introduced new features or upgraded. And then TikTok came along and all of a sudden we have Instagram Reels and we have other features designed to compete with TikTok. So I do think that, I mean, I think that robust competition within a sector 
benefits people overall. And if TikTok were to disappear, yes, people could theoretically go to other platforms maybe, but it would come at the expense of competition within the U.S. social media market altogether. Thank you. So, Caitlin, it seems like what you're saying is regardless of what we do for TikTok, we should improve our privacy laws. And then the second, the other question is what to do with TikTok, which people have various views depending on their assumptions of how China could use TikTok. Let me just uh, end with uh, one final question. So we had talked about how you know TikTok is one of the examples of understanding U.S.-China competition on the technology side. So as you look forward, if I could ask you sort of to forecast a little, what do you see as actually happening out? I know we talked about a number of alternatives. What do you see as the most likely course of action that the United States might take in the next couple of years vis-a-vis TikTok? I mean, the the outcome that I would love to see, which I think you've probably been picking up on, is for the United States to upgrade its data privacy laws. So I would love to see stronger boundaries on how all companies, including TikTok, by the way, are allowed to collect and share personal information, including limitations on how long they store it for and how they use it. I I really do think that stronger data privacy laws would go a long way towards addressing a lot of the concerns that lawmakers have brought up about data collection and transfers. And I I think this is especially important since the United States has not upgraded our data privacy laws in decades Essentially, there have been no significant updates since the internet became popular in the United States. This has created a significant lack of trust between the United States and other countries as well. I don't know if this is me predicting what will happen or if this is more of a wish list of what Caitlin wants to happen. (laughs) But I would also add that I think it would be great if the U.S. government could increase transparency around decisions like a potential TikTok ban or a divestiture that would affect so many Americans. Pretty much everything that we've known about the TikTok ban or divestiture so far has come either from media reports or from TikTok itself. The Biden and administration actually has been very quiet on this issue. It has not actually explained what it believes the you know, potential risks around TikTok to be. It has actually not presented any public evidence of TikTok either sharing personal information or sharing control of its algorithm with the CCP. So if it has, if it has evidence or if it has information, it just has not really revealed it. And members of Congress have also stated that the administration has not provided a classified congressional briefing on TikTok, which is unusual for a move that would affect so many people. So I do think that, I mean, it would be great for the administration to provide more opportunities for public or civil society input into this decision that really would have an impact on a form of speech and expression for so many Americans, in addition to, you know, Stronger data privacy laws, transparency is something that would, I think, really provide a lot of clarity and be beneficial in this situation. Great. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for sharing what the direction that you hope that we will go. <laughs> of course. Thanks so much, Bonnie, for having me on the podcast. 